What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Insurrection Inc. podcast. We want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, Stratty here. Um, before we start the episode, I want to thank uh, Miss Siggy Jaram and Wandez Gilbert for joining us on the show and letting us interview them. But we really want to help these guys out, so please everyone check the description on this episode. It will include links to some of the projects that uh, these guys have been working on, um, as well as info on how you can donate to them. So please check that out. It not only means a lot to us, but it means a lot to them. Thank y'all. Enjoy the episode. All right, and today on Insurrection Inc. Podcast, we have Jay, we have Tim, Porter, myself, Stratty, but most of all, I am very excited to announce this guest. We have the youngest libertarian in Uganda. We have Wandez Gilbert. Gilbert, introduce yourself. How are you? Uh, Thank you, Porter. Like you said, my name is Wandez Gilbert, uh, the youngest, one of the youngest libertarians. And uh, I'm so proud to be hosted on your show. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're it's very glad here. to have you. Yeah. So uh, we were talking in the pre-show and we were talking about the coronavirus and how the lockdowns have been affecting us. But what interested me the most was you talked about um, there's only 56 cases, correct? <clears throat> only. And, yet, and yet they've shut you all down completely, right? Yeah. Um as I would say, uh, we had the lockdown before even we recorded the case. So uh, my country was like, no, no, we need to do, we need to, we need to do the precautions before the country uh, can be attacked. And then after two or three days of the lockdown, that's when we had now the case. Um, the Ministry of Health, I would say, in my country, it has done or it does a lot in as far as fighting as such a health the outbreaks. So I did not know why the country went in a hurry to put us under a lockdown. But maybe there are other hidden agendas of the government. I would not know. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't agree with the lockdown because the lockdown is not just to, to limit us from being or conducting the virus, but it is limiting man or it is limiting life. Uh, we have had a lot of cases of uh, women dying uh, in their houses, trying to walk from home to the hospitals. Because in the lockdown, we don't have uh, means of transport. You cannot access your private vehicle, no public means of transport, no nothing. So we have a lot of cases. Uh, this as far as health is concerned. But also, if I may tr- try to bring it back, to the affairs of life where people have to access food, it is now the worst because we have now the biggest challenges of the COVID. We have a lot of people crying out loud to have at least a food or one meal in a day, but they can still not afford a meal in a day. And uh, previously we had government coming up with a project of giving relief food but also it is just being done in the city centers or in the city suburbs so there are a lot of uh ugandans who are suffering uh starvation uh, than they would be suffering the covid and you said that uh, with one of your groups you've been delivering food to a few people what exactly have you been um doing like describe that and what group was it with 
Uh, what we do is uh, government, uh, when we try to, to say we can, as individuals can come up and then start giving food to their friends, government came up through the president and the president gave directives that whoever tries to give relief as food is, at, is actually going to be uh, questioned or uh, sentenced to, to, to the courts of law or to prison because he is attempting to kill people. Because he says when you go and get food and then you want to distribute, there will be a lot of gatherings. And in, 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 in the sense of social distancing, he came in and then he said no more individual giving out of food. So in me and my other colleagues who are trying to give uh, the foodstuffs to the neighbors, we do it illegally when you are caught, you will be sentenced. And as I speak, if you guys, if I was caught when I was giving food, you would, by now I would be in bars, I would be behind cells. So I did it legally, and I did it the way any other wise person can do to see that his community survives. That's, oh, that's really cool. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty Very cool. So was that so just you acting, acting like, with some of your friends, or, friends or, um, or was that with one of your was groups? Um, it was, of course, me. Uh, in Uganda, we have uh, already, I talked about, Jeram is an administrator of our Liberty Library. Uh, the, the, that Liberty Library is headed by Mugabe John Socrates. Uh, that is the guy who also introduced me to the Liberty Movement. So he's a known guy in the country. He has traveled to America, has traveled all over the world, trying to attend the Liberty causes. So as I speak, we have a Liberty project, and I, I, would, I, I, I thought maybe some of you even contributed some few through Daniel Berman. Uh, we have a Liberty farm where we, we, we uprooted sweet potatoes and we tried to distribute them. But we, when we started distributing this, we were approached by the authorities, and they told us to stop immediately. But of course, we would not, because when uh, my colleagues pass around my area and then they, they have to come there and they're like, wonders, man, we, we need something. If you are, at least have something, please do it, because I cannot sit and watch out my neighbors dying because of the directive of government. So we, we just do this legally and we do it in groups where I stay, I, I, I do serve that community. I don't say that I have served the community to the fullest, but I give the little I have. I give the little that I can afford. The other day, uh, Daniel Berman uh, sent me $100, and I bought some few things, uh, sugar and some rice, and I tried to distribute them to my colleagues and my, my, na my neighborhood. But uh, then the other colleagues of mine, Joram and, and, and the friend, John Mugavi, the one I talked about, he also was carrying on that project, but it was stopped. But we did stop, actually. We continued and we do this uh, illegally. We would not uh, maybe gather communities or gather people to come and then receive, but we would actually, uh, we, I personally, I carried stuff on my motor, motorcycle and started going home by homestead, giving out the little food I had. That is how we conducted the system. But as I'm concerned, if I would have more than I have, I would still go ahead and give out to my community because I don't want to watch my communities die because of the lockdown. 
I think that's yeah, some. That's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's that's something that's really that's like important that, like, people, important should, that people should. Like over here, people don't really understand the importance of community, even in libertarian movement, where it'll happen after a natural disaster. There were people that mobilized very quickly after the hurricanes, but you don't see a lot of it day to day. And I think that's something really important that you're doing right now. Yeah, and at the end of the show, I want to ask you if there's a way people can donate to you. Uh, if you can like hook us up with that, we can we can put a link out so that people who are interested can uh, donate to you and help you help you do that. Because there are people in the U.S. who could definitely afford to, to help you out. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be pretty. Thank you so much. That, that that would be the best idea actually to come up with this because guys, I I, I know we have the foods in the markets, but. We don't have the money. My people don't have money to access the markets. One, we actually, uh, my country is 40, 45, 40, 45 million people. But out of the 45 million people, 75% of the population feeds from hand to mouth. These are people that earn today and then spend what they have earned. So when you put a lockdown that is, ex is extended past a month, you're just causing starvation. These are people that have not had the savings before. I personally, I would not say that I have a saving because I have just graduated. I graduated last year. But the little that I have, the little donations that I receive from my friends, I can't sit with it and wait to see my friends, my neighbors die of the starvation. So if we can create that uh, link, you guys, I comment, I comment your work, and I would say you will be doing something great to, to, to my country people. Yeah, of course. And I think you hit on something very interesting there, where it's very much the same thing here, where people do live, you know, hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck. We have the luxury, you know, the good fortune here that uh, we have a lot more available food, but at the same time people can't afford to really miss a single paycheck or they fall behind on everything. So this lockdown here has also been very devastating in that regard where people suddenly went and spent all their last money on food and now they don't have it for much else and they're suffering not as badly as they would in Uganda, of course, but it's interesting to see how this is the same problem the world over, no matter how wealthy a country is. I think that is that is the way we are now suffering. But 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 uh, I would say, the, 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 to the extent of the Ugandans suffering, or maybe the mm -hmm. African countries suffering, would not be the same extent to the U.S. or to the developed countries. Because I last time I was seeing on news and I saw that the USA has allocated some fund and it was willing to distribute the citizens. Of course, as 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 a capitalist or uh, as a libertarian, I don't agree with that. But in this time of the crisis where people have to live, where people have to survive, that is, that is legitimate. It has to be done by government to see that its people live. Yeah. No, it, it's, a, it's such, it's just a bad situation. It, it hurts to see how they're doing that, you know, in places where people really can't afford to be locked down for a month or two, where it's life or death for people like that. It really is really is a shame to see that and i mean it's definitely putting it in perspective for me to um to hear about this story from uganda where you said 75 percent of people are basically living paycheck to paycheck basically living below the poverty level because in the u.s the lockdown is definitely having a lot of negative effects but it's not quite as uh as life or death as yeah. it is 
for y'all in Uganda. I mean, you're literally having to break the law just to yeah. keep your neighbors from starving. So that's, that's kind of crazy to me. That's, um, I mean, what you're doing is really good work. Yeah, of course, I have not done it as in me, me wonders, but I've done it uh, together with my colleagues. I told you before that Daniel Berman is the guy that is behind us. And then there is also another colleague of mine. I don't know if you guys know him. He's called, he's Dr. Kyle. He has also donated some small to us. And the other libertarians that also are contributing maybe to my colleagues that I have not come to know, but I say that you guys are doing uh, some pretty cool job to see that the other people that are suffering can also have relief and can also live. So that is something that I cannot take for granted. I really thank you so much, guys. No problem. No problem at yeah, all. Yeah, of course. Um, so I wanted to ask a question because um, history has always been one of my favorite subjects. And really the only time you hear about history and when it comes to Uganda is because of Idi Amin. So I wanted to ask, what has the history um, really been like in Uganda as someone who's lived there, as someone who's seen it, as someone who's learned it firsthand from other people um, from Uganda? And I wanted to ask, how has that affected you um, and made you a libertarian? Uh, that's a pretty cool question for me. And I, I, I would say that that's something good that I also was waiting to, 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 to hear from you guys. Uh, I am. I'm a student of history right away from my high school. I did history and I love history so much because I believe it is history that people have to know the past and then they can reflect on, on what is happening tomorrow. One, um, the idea of, uh, of, of the coup d'etats or the coups uh, was actually uh, co-culminated or started during the time of Idamin, and that was from 1971 to 1978. And I know you guys that have uh, given your time to see that you can uh, even go an extra mile and then get to know or learn about Idamin. Idamin was um, a true uh, or an example of a dictator that caused a lot of pain even up to now the country still pays the effects of amin one uh the, the current president we have uh is one person that served under the government of idamin uh having served under that government this is someone who i believe the ideas that his former boss idamin had he has still brought them into the today life because this is a guy who came in, into power uh, through a coup d'etat and that was way back from 1986 up to now. So you can see we, we are now past 34 years under one regime. The, the, oh, we, we, we seem to say, because I know there has been a lot of uh, documentations that has been written on Uganda in far as democracy is, is prevailing in the country. Uh, the other time in 2017, there was a, a doctor from, uh, the doctor was called, uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name. Uh, I know he was called Petrotos, Dr. Petrotos. I think he was coming from Harvard. And I, I met him personally, and we had a simple interaction. He told me what we see in documentation is that Uganda is purely democra a democratic state. And I challenged him and told him that what you guys really see that is being documented is not what we see. Because the simple uh, 
being portrayed a little democracy of a simple majority in parliament does not uh, take the fact that Ugandans are not being led by uh, the dictator. So that, 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 that idea that you guys go an extra mile and read about Uganda, maybe you come across researchers who are sometimes biased and speak good about the country. Because I do believe uh, when you come, when you're a scholar and you come into Uganda, uh, first of all, when you are being signed a visa, you will have to fill in what you're coming to do. So before you even get out of the country with the materials that you've got, they will put sanctions on you. If you're coming to do any, anything like research, don't try to portray the bad image of the country. And that's what I believe is actually being portrayed as Uganda being a democratic country. But as I am concerned and as the movement that the liberty principles that I have enriched myself with, I do disagree with someone who says Uganda is a democracy. I do know that Uganda is a tyrant state. We do ha we have to do a lot to say that we liberate our country. And I'm not saying that I am being being too too too. Um, uh, uh, what should I say? What? good term can I use? I'm not saying that I will handle this alone. As I said earlier on at the start of the show is that we have got a very big following from the universities, from the high schools, from the institutions we have in the country. And we do believe that in five, ten years coming, after we shall have registered our political organization, we shall have a change because we are willing to take whatever it needs to be applied on the ground to see that Uganda is liberated. So back to the question uh, of the effects of uh, Idamini's uh, regime to the current situation, I would say that, as I said earlier, uh, the president we have right now is someone who served under the other regime. So being or, be, or having been uh, maybe under a dictator, it also gives him the same audacity and same characteristics of the dictator Amin. About you, Potter. So, kind of in that same vein, um, obviously, business is not as normal right now because of the the COVID epidemic. But even normally, like under normal conditions, what's the economy like in Uganda? Um, how much government control is there on it? Oh, uh, one that's a pretty question you asked. Um, uh, the country, okay, like I said, still I also want to touch this to the other question, the other point I made that in the country, we seem to see that Uganda is a democrat or Uganda has free markets, but in actual sense, we don't have the free markets. I want to ask how you term uh, this situation. One, if the country or if the government officials dominate the, 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 the potential businesses, the potential ventures, production, uh, exportation and importation of goods, how do you term that? We have had a situation where the president makes sure that he even stated it in his book. The book is called Mustard Seed. He mentioned it that polit politics or governance in Uganda is the act of managing the society. And, and we do refresh that phase that he is doing what he stated in his book because this is a guy who has made the citizens poor to make sure that they submit to his regulations, to his leader, leadership, to his everything. Because as we speak, 
And I told you that 75% of the population lives on a free to mouth. So when the president comes out, like in this situation we are in, and he's like, I'm giving out food, I'm giving out whatever, there will definitely be a very good uh, way for him to again come back through the elections and win the election. Because someone who has dominated the markets, if you are starting up, actually, I didn't say this, and I, you know, I have always discussed with some libertarians abroad, and I thought maybe I have always said it. I, I am a tour operator, I, and in the same case, I, I, I have a business that I am running, I'm, I'm in production, I do some uh, pineapple wines. But your business will not grow or your business will not survive because the government will make sure that they impose taxes, they impose everything. If you want to import a machine you're coming to use in your production, you will pay a lot of taxes. And you cannot, when, when these things are being done on a businessman or an entrepreneur, the, the, the ground has not been leveled uh, where we have the government officials uh, controlling all the big, big potential ventures or businesses in the country. So the local uh, investors, like some of us, cannot thrive, cannot survive. This is why we say that the market in Uganda is not a free market economy, but it's a command economy because most of the businesses are being owned by the government officials. Exactly just like that. Uh, so I have a question regarding that because I, um, I checked out uh, the political parties of Uganda and you have pretty much like this one dominating party and they're at least claiming that they are supporting uh, economic liberalism. So is that not true at all or is that just, I don't know, uh, uh, is, is it basically not true or are they just lying to the population? It's just an allegation. One. Uh, when you guys, like you coming from America, from China, the, the foreign investors come in the country, they will enjoy what we call tax holidays. So this is what government is doing. When government gives tax holidays to foreign investors and on the expense of the local investors, uh, you see where if you, you come in, just like I said, foreign investors come and they're given tax holidays of course they will survive and they will expand and progressively work on but with the local investors when you want to come up starting avengers we're not given a free or we are competing with the big big uh, multinational companies that are, are enjoying uh, tax holidays sometimes these guys when they come the foreign uh, investors are given free land. So what you're seeing is not false, but it is being manifested in that way that they are enjoying uh, on behalf of the local investors. They are, they are, they are being exempted from the taxes on, 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 on actually on, they are being exempted on, uh, on tax, uh, on behalf of the local investors. So th that's what you're seeing. That, that is what is being portrayed maybe on, the Uganda investment, whatever. But the truth of the there is no local uh, development of uh, entrepreneurs, of investors. So it basically favors foreign uh, investors. Water. Water. Oh, hi, Maswigi, are you here? Um, I'm back now. I tried to see for another internet provider, and I think I can pretty clear. Here you well, are now. Yeah. Um, uh, let me chip in about, uh, I mean, the liberal ideas. Uh, my colleague Gilbert was talking about liberal idea in our country. 
Uh, he clearly talked about the, the government giving hold, tax holder, creating a, an enabling environment for foreigners, like giving land, tax holder, and all that. And actually, the government is using its people, actually they run what we call colonial capitalism. They run business, those actually the government officials run business on their behalf, using foreign companies and also giving those companies taxes. They do not allow actually proper liberal ideas to thrive. You know, liberal ideas are all about whatever the market environment, which market environment is interfered by taxes and actually which are very high, which are very exorbitant, especially to the local entrepreneurs. As, 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 as the government promotes, of course, foreign investors, that creates an enabling environment, the, the local whatever, the local investors. So we need to look at a ground, actually, that is so neutral, whereby the, mar the market forces can play its role. Currently, if you look at the laws, all investment laws, tax laws, well, actually, they're, they're, not, they're not the best to actually influence the, what, the, market, the market opportunity. And it sounds like uh, the laws favor foreign investment and suppress um, domestic investment. So that gives you know, artificial power to foreign corporations and stuff like that. And that's not a free market at all, right? Yes, yes. And uh, for those listening, this is uh, Maswigi talking. He had some internet problems earlier. He's a, a colleague of Wanda's, and uh, we got him in finally. So good to have you here, Maswigi. And uh, hey, Maswigi, how about you tell everyone about yourself real quick? We let we let Gilbert introduce himself uh, and uh, say a bit. Actually, so. uh, yes, uh, I take this opportunity to introduce myself. I'm so so happy for. Davis and your colleague Porter for hosting us. I'm Mweske Joram. Of course, I'm from Uganda, like Gilbert. I'm administrator of a libertarian think tank, which we started in 20, 2017. It is called Action for Liberty and Economic Development. Our mission is to promote a free and prosperous society with aspects of entrepreneurship and individual liberty. And the idea we promote is limited government, property rights, free market, and rule of law. And basically we do these ones in schools, in community hall meetings, social media, and media houses like television and radios. And we try to promote to do this one. Our audience actually is a, a young population, the youth and the students. We do this through conferences, camps, and uh, of course seminars and workshops. So that's Basically what we do, we run a public library with libertarian literature. We established a library in 2017, actually, when we were commencing, uh, when we were establishing this think tank. Uh, we also run a libertarian farm. It's called Liberty Farm, which is <laughs> on four acres. How many acres? So, pardon? How, how many acres? Four acres. Four acres. Uh, this one, four acres. Uh, of course, we have... The Alibada Think Tank has a leader, a team of leaders, the executive. Uh, part of that land is, was, of course, was offered to us by one of the executive members. 
So that's basically what we do. It's all we promote liberty. And we and feel we should live a, a society where individuals live at their own terms. Yeah. Live based on what they offer to the society. Individual, we believe, individual, we, we believe we do not have to let those in power, the government, live at the expense of the community. Of course, when that one happens, it means those in government are making the, the citizens slaves. So that's basically what we look at. And actually we have managed all these through mobilization, fundraising, and also attending international conferences with different organizations which believe in libertarianism, such as Atlas Network. And also we have interacted with different individuals, such as Daniel Berman, who has actually one time been in Uganda, who have tried to mobilize and create a libertarian society in Uganda. And one of the outstanding activity, which outstanding achievement we have had, we have tried to create a libertarian society by recruiting younger students and younger leader. And actually we have tried to establish student for liberty chapters across the country. And one of the, of the, of the former leader of the, of the student for liberty, of course, is Gilbert. Is one of them who has started a libertarian scene, actually SFL in Nkumba University. That's what I can talk and and I believe with time we shall create a serious society of civic engagement. That's really cool. And um, you said that your audience is a lot of younger people. Do you have um, hope for the future of libertarianism in Uganda since you uh, have been attracting a lot of young people? Yes, yes. We are trying to create a community of libertarianism. Actually, we have engagement. We have, as, as I told you, we are a think tank, but actually we are part of the chapters, of SFL chapters. When we left the, the university in 2017, 2016, we went into the community, we started a think tank. Which think tank has gone back to groom younger students who occupy various chapters and actually we go in the community and people are teaching them, then we do chapters and then do our ideas. Pretty cool. And uh, um, I, I was I was I was off the air. I don't know if if Gilbert told you about the initiative of the libertarian movement they are starting. Yeah, uh, Jerome, thank you. I, I, I already talked about the, the, the libertarian party that we started. But, but also, Jerome, you could also go ahead and talk about the, 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 the organization that we started, uh, the African Libertarian Union. You can also explode on that for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, but you talked about it. Uh, but uh, I think you can hear me. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, Gilbert has expounded, has talked about the, the African libertarian movement. I, I mean, party. We are trying because we have, we have we, we, as I've told you, we have created a group of youth who are associated with libertarian movement. And some of those youths, they feel they can politically impact on the society by, by joining politics. 
so because of that we came with an idea of forming a, a platform that we can help that we can use to extend this idea more to the public because one of the platform which you can use is of course politics so those who are, who are interested in politics felt that let them start a platform i mean a political party so that they can extend further this idea to the community and we are in the process of registering that political party i believe i mean so um it's a big uh, libertarian union in africa right and uh with that in mind how do you think libertarianism could help um just africa in general like outside of just uganda um, how do you think a, a libertarian union like that could improve um african life no for, for us we we are younger people we've just begun this with ghana i mean it was 20, 20, actually this idea where the first time here about this idea was 2014 with one of the leaders in the university of John. It's when we started actually, we hosted the first libertarian conference in Uganda. That is, was 2014. And that is when Joram, the year when we started for Liberty began. Pardon? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, Joram. Uh, yeah, it is 2016. Yes, uh, I'm building on my point. Okay, thank you. Okay, it's fine. But at the first time, I mean, when we held the first conference. That was okay. 2014, Jambo. Uh, so um, um, I was trying to give my point that we are still a young movement. We need information. We need mentorship. Of course, we need idea. That's why we started the libertarian library. So we need more books. Of course, we are running very many conferences. Make people get this information. So sometimes we shall be reaching out to developers in they actually putting in place these conferences. Well, of course, we need. We are running this. We we are running an office. We are building an office. So we need. Sometimes we shall need help, like some computers. We are running a like as Gilbert has told you a party. That party will need help. We need in terms of information, in terms of operation, in terms of capacity building. All that will be needed. So, in case if there is an opportunity of help, we shall be privileged and we shall be very, very humbled for such a help. I think. Yeah, uh, what books do you have right now in the Libertarian Library? Like that, I think. Maybe Gilbert has some addition on that. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was going to ask, though, um, what books do you have in the Libertarian Library that you mentioned? What all do you have so far? I was curious about that as well. Pardon? Which what books book? do you have in the Libertarian Library? Yes. That you yes, we have books. We have, we, have been we have received some donation of books. Uh, yes, particularly the books. That is, of course, the, 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 the books. And we, of course, we, as an office, we shall need some, we shall have whatever we need to secure some more. We need some laptops. We, some of our friends had promised us laptops, so they have, we have not yet achieved that. 
we are still yes. struggling to achieve a, a very, very serious big labor. You know, as a young, as a young movement, we started with what we had at the time, and people have tried to donate us. Of course, Institute of Economic Affairs from UK donated to us. Atlas Network, of course, has tried to do that, and and uh, and Daniel Berman, of course, donated to me some few books. And of course, we shall need more books in, in the library. And uh, um, I'm running, actually, I'm running a public a social media, a Facebook page called National Liberty Library Uganda. If you can go on YouTube that and say, see what we actually say on it. So, okay, we'll be sure to check that out. Yeah. And uh, I was going to ask, is there a way, say, like, um, if we wanted to send y'all or if any libertarians here in America wanted to send y'all books, is there a certain like link or way we can do that? Yes, I can give you the, we, shall give, we can provide you with the post office box where you can send the books. Of course, we have received some books. I mean, we received books, of course. We can okay. give you a post office box where you can send, and the contact person where you can send those books and all the material. Okay, cool. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, as I remember you mentioned a few topics. That what? Um, is there oh. anything y'all wanted to talk about? Yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Paul and the rest, guys. Uh, and I also would love to. Uh, Close, Joram, and I, I, I would say, Joram, you're doing a lot of work there for us. You know, Joram is one of, actually, he's the administrator of the National Liberty Library in, in Uganda. And uh, I know he still has a lot to say in far as, uh, Joram, the outreach project that we've been, uh, we've been on, uh, because last time I saw John, posted the, the work that you guys were giving out also some food stuffs from the Liberty Farm. You can also speak more about that because I already <laughs> about what I Yeah, that's something that you cannot leave behind. Yeah. I have I have a question for okay. you guys. Uh, I have a question yes, for you guys. Please. So um, here in America a big thing for the libertarianism that a lot of libertarians get into is through guns. So I'm wondering what is the situation of gun control in Uganda? Like, uh, how strict is it? Is it easy to get one on the black market versus the legal market? What's it like down there? Let's focus on the legal market. Let's focus on the legal market. No, no, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the other time. The other time, uh, the other time I saw some people demonstrating in USA with guns outside the, the certain building. <laughs> uh, in Uganda, the history of guns. Uh, some of the group in Uganda had guns. Some seven years back or ten years back, they owned guns. It was the, the government, of course, saw them as a threat. That is the Karamojonga group. The government saw them as a threat, and they had to go and. And of course, force those people to give out those guns to government. So mm. here, the, the question of guns is limited, is restricted by the guns are owned by the government. And mm. a few people who own guns, they must own after registration and they must be licensed. For anybody who own a gun must be licensed and registered with the government. And of course, 
the number of those who own guns in the public is restricted. That's what I can say about guns. And the people who own guns, it is prison. It is prison. And you are punished by a capital offense. <laughs> it's a capital offense. That's, a, that's what I figured, which is, which is a shame. I mean, you know. But you can order that. Uh, no, I don't have. Yeah, very fake. I don't have much to say about that, but as Jerome mentioned out, that in Uganda to own a gun, uh, it is illegal. Uh, and Uganda, and I, did not t- I did not tell you about the, the political. Yes. Gilbert. Uh, yes, I mean, Kota and, uh, and, uh, and the colleague. Uh, I did not tell you about the political environment we are going through. I did not talk about it, so I wanted much to, to expound on it. I don't know if you can give me a point ahead and go and expound here the political environment you are going through and the challenge you are facing as libertarians in building the climate that everyone feels long to a human being. Hello, guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, we can hear you. We can hear you. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm saying Uganda yep. is is a country with a constitution okay but the constitution is kind of constitution that promotes the state uh, Maswigi, you're kinda, yeah you, yes, you're good now you're good you're good you, you're just going quiet there a little I, I go on yeah you're good go ahead go ahead i'm saying uganda is a country ruled by constitutional dictators the law has been used yeah yeah that, that's dictators. Yeah. Uh, uganda has gotten one of the constitution i don't know how many times have american constitution been amended but uganda has in my in my lifetime i have i have 29 years but in my lifetime uganda constitution has been amended a series of times like more than 100 times <laughs> if I'm not, if I'm, because they can bring land bill, they bring. That's not too bad. <laughs> I don't know how many times American whatever has been amended. Twenty-five in a two hundred years. Twenty-seven. Actually, I have twenty-nine years, and I don't know how many times the constitution has been amended because every day they present views to Parliament. That is crazy. Uh, and those and those laws, which and all the bills they present to Parliament. They don't amend for the benefit of the society. They do it for the benefit of those people in power. That is the different thing. I mean, the challenging situation we are facing. Yeah. And because of, and because of that, I'm saying, because of that, the constitution that is amended because of the benefit of the people in power, we can see oppression. People in opposition do not have to they don't have an opportunity. They don't have freedom to speak and the freedom actual after speak. You may speak, but you don't have freedom after speech. That is the challenge we have. Uh, we have oppression. As I told you, the taxes are exorbitant. And if you are in opposition, of course, you do not have a platform. You do not have unemployment in government. Yeah. And of course, as, when you talk about libertarianism and dictatorship, those ideas are the very idea that challenge dictatorship and actually they are threat to dictatorship. First, libertarian, is, libertarian idea is about uh, uh, 
first they are about civil 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 disobedience mm-hmm. is about civil disobedience. of course when you teach someone their liberty it means someone who first will defy the, the, the unlaw orders when you teach when you teach someone liberty that is empowering him so the government will look at at you as an enemy the, the status quo so that is the kind of challenge we have sometimes the liberal idea must be respected to a certain extent yeah of that's why we have basically gone gone to education we have tried more education conferences we cannot go in the streets of course of front of the power the, the power so we try to engage our idea at a, a very small platform where we feel the government is threatened and of recent the court has modified a law which was allowing the allowing an individual to hold a meeting after asking permission from the, the, the police <laughs> that's like crazy that the government the court has modified it has been running since 2013 but the court has recently modified it it was of course whenever you could go to police to ask for permission you look at the interest are your interest political or social when you have political interest of course they will not allow you so you have been facing a lot of that challenge it's not allowed to talk you are not allowed public to associate and when you associate by force of course you face jail hey, yes jerome Yeah, yeah um, thank you actually if I may interject in and and speak a little bit more it's fine, it's fine, about fine. the constitution uh, guys uh, the, the listeners the, the listeners over there uh, what Jerome is talking about in Uganda about our constitutionalism is really a mockery because uh, since uh, the constitution we ha- we have right now it is a constitution that came in in power from 1995 that was after the government we have in had just come and then it started the constitutional assembly and then ever since that time we have had uh, more than 100 times amending the constitution Uh, what what Jerome was talking about the amendments in the constitution of course we have the proper procedures of constitutional amendments but but these are being done uh, by the government because the government simply has got the majority in parliament and the parliament as a law enacting board it has taken uh, it has taken uh, the, it has taken granted over the, over over the constitution because simply the majority our members in parliament just sit down without uh, bearing in mind the interests of, of of the voters of the citizens and then in selfishly they go on and amend the constitution uh, in 2017 we had the amendment of the constitution where we had a provision that limits or that prohibits a president not to serve uh, after the age of 75 years but but simply because the parliament or the government had the majority in the parliament they had to enact uh, they had to enact and amend the constitution then the other thing what Jerome was talking about actually right now in Uganda if you have a meeting simply a small meeting of two three people in your home you were first recall to first ask for permission from the authorities but as we speak uh, we had of course the activists and advocates who are trying to fight for human rights in Uganda and they pushed that uh, motion 
to the courts of law and we've just won that case and and the bill was called the public management order bill so it was enacted already as a law but, but as i speak court just nullified the amendment so i i can say partly that ugandans are now starting to uh get back their constitutional rights but what Jerome has spoken about or what Jerome has discussed as far as constitutionalism in Uganda is, is concerned is not a lie. That's what we have in Uganda. Simply, as I said before, that I cannot accept simply the majority uh, need to be my rights eh? to be actually stepped on simply because of the majority uh, quorum in, in parliament or maybe in what democratically I disagree with that. So maybe the other thing um, is that, Joram, I, I wished you would, you would also uh, talk about the, 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 the events that we are likely to have as, as allied and as, as Liberty Uganda. You can also uh, maybe talk about that because I would, I, I, guys, I don't want to always take this because in Uganda we have got... Uh, we have we have governance in our liberty uh, activities. So Joram is an administrator of our activities in Uganda. So I would like to give an opportunity to Joram to maybe speak about the forthcoming events that we have. And then if maybe there are members who are listening to us that are willing to maybe sacrifice them to come in Uganda and speak about liberty, we uh, welcome you guys because we need uh, both uh, technical, we need uh, mentorship as Jerome talked about it. Uh, we need, because I do believe that you guys know much about liberty. So we need you guys to partner with you and then you come and also speak to our people because we have got a very huge following on or in in the universities in the country so that would be a very good thing if you had anyone who was like no me i'm coming to ghana i want to speak about this and would warmly receive you thank you i got a, i got another question okay. for you guys uh so okay. earlier, earlier porter uh, mentioned or was it porter or strati mentioned something about donations right i did uh -huh. yes i did so uh you guys, uh, we're going to put up something so people can help donate to you guys. Would you guys also accept cryptocurrency? Like, is that yeah, something I, you guys are able to do? Yes, we do. I do, I do, I do Bitcoin. We do Bitcoin. Right. Awesome. Well, uh, make sure to tell anybody who also uh, invests in Bitcoin to send some over to you guys. the question is there for you. Yes? About what? About investing in crypto, 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 uh, cryptocurrency. I have Invest never, I have never taken initiative with that, of course. And, uh, <laughs> okay. Particularly, particularly as our group, as Alid has never, whatever, received, actually tried to receive the Bitcoin, I mean the cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And, uh, uh, Potter. Yep. Uh, 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 for me, I I I chipped in that I feel I feel a bit cheated because I ha I had not told all my story about liberty in Uganda actually and the world. I felt <laughs> I felt I missed a lot because 
I could chip in and hear Gilbert talking about it, about talking something and because the network was poor and not until I changed the, the network provider, I mean the internet provider and tried someone else actually, the, another company. But uh, as, uh, as you, of course, he, I, I, I wanted to talk, uh, I, I wanted to go back and all, of course Gilbert had chipped in, had not told all about the situation. Uh, Uganda is one of the countries in Africa, since independence, has never gotten any leader through election. All the leaders who come in, in power, they come in, they throw themselves in power using guns. And the likely, the likely scenario in the next election or in the future, it will be also using maybe guns or using force. Of course, those people who are building now, they are not building for the future of this country, they are building to maintain the power. So that is the, the situation we are in. That is the scenario we are in. We are in such a situation that the people who are in power, they are building for the next election or building to maintain the elections instead of building for the country. So that is the, the, that is the, that is the situation we are in. And it is a very, very important environment that the libertarian must change. And the young population must understand that which is a kind of challenging because the people who are in power they have machinery, they have propaganda machine, which a young population like us must encounter. And what surprises me, those who are in opposition who are trying to change the status quo, they want to change the status quo and create an environment resembling that one of those who are in power. That is what is amazing us. We feel, we feel like not joining them because they want to go in power and also pro promote the same environment they are in. Of course, that is socialism state where people are exploited by those who are in power. So we feel challenged also. That is the big question we are encountering. Uh, Gilbert was talking about the, uh, the, about the events which you have in the future. Of course, every year we have very many events. We have internal events, very small events, monthly at a discussion. We have the actually African conference, Africa Liberty conferences, and we have a mega one. It is called Liberty Conference. That is a year. I, I mean, that is annual, where we invite external speakers. So, of course, this this year we had we had we had a very big conference. We were supposed to have. A very big conference, but I think it is not going to be there because of, of coronavirus. I, so we, of course, next year, if if we have if we have the willing speaker next year, we have, of course around Feb or late January we shall have the debate camp. So we shall be able to invite, of course, external speakers, and we have been doing that one for almost now three years. So for the internal events, we invite speakers from within around lawyers, the young students, of course, like Gilbert, like Gilbert who, were, who, who experienced people in the liberty movement, speak around students. And of course, we are trying to recruit more libertarian in, in the university, as, as, as we told you. I think that is it, and uh, we, we, yes. we, of course, we have an I mean, question. That all sounds awesome. Y'all are doing some great work over there. Um, we're running up on an hour now, so I think we're going to 
go ahead and come to a close. But first, want to let y'all um, give us any any links or like names of social media profiles and stuff that people can look up so they can track what you're doing and um, be more inter interconnected from the U.S. to Uganda. Y'all want to do that? Yeah, I thank you. I, I think Joram, uh, Joram out uh, them you should be able to to mention it out that so that the people our people from the u.s can follow us but also i also encourage or maybe uh uh played with you guys that you can also follow our individual uh media platforms like mine uh, on facebook on twitter and then uh skype and the, the rest but uh, before i maybe could be off i want to speak about this one uh, Joram and my colleagues know me as an entrepreneur. I have done a lot of businesses. Right now, as I speak, I have a business, a production business, where I do, uh, I manufacture wine from pineapples and some jeans. And then uh, last time, my colleague, uh, my friend Daniel Barman, uh, was was willing to to partner with us because he wanted to he wanted us to allocate him some shares so that he can be a shareholder and then he can donate something or maybe in exchange for the shares and then also that, that's a partnership business that I'm running then also I I have another uh, tour company a tour a tourist company that I'm I'm running I also I'm looking forward to see any other person all over the country all over the world who can maybe partner with me from the US, from anywhere you would be, because I do believe that for me to be able to get tourists or to get clients, I need to have that huge, huge uh, social media platform, or maybe that social coverage that I can be able to get or to enter in the, the market of tourism. So if there is any member or any colleague from you guys, or maybe any listener who would be listening to me right now, uh, I have my small company. I was uh, initially working under another company, which is called the Renzori Safaris. But right now, I have started up mine. I want to be individual because I don't believe uh, in being under someone. When you under someone, you will not be at liberty of, of doing something that can make up the company grow. So I started my own company, and the company name is, is Creative Tours and Safaris. I'm on Facebook and on, on, on WhatsApp. So please, guys, the other thing I would not end before thanking you, uh, Paul and, 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 and uh, James Davis, that you guys are so, so good because this has been a golden opportunity uh, to some of us like me and Jerome are speaking to you guys and also paying your attention or giving us your time listen to what we can speak it is not something that i can take for granted but i must say that guys thank you and very many thanks to you and the listeners i remain a wonders deal but thank you so much thanks for coming on it's, it's been great yeah. hearing from you guys it's been yeah. awesome talking to you yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep hello hey we can Anybody hear you was talking about the Gilbert was talking about our contacts. We have a, a Facebook account. It is, it is in the names of Action for Liberty and Economic Development. And also we have an email, aledofisa at gmail.com. And also we, are run, we have a website, which we are launching soon. It is under test right now. And anytime this week or next week, 
we may be, we, we shall launch that website. It is aledaleduganda.org. So we shall okay, launch those, like are, those are our platforms. Mm -hmm. So we shall be, I think, sharing them with you on Facebook and uh, the other remaining information, like information, of course, you ask for like, photos, I mean, post office where we can receive donation and others. I think we shall be sharing those ones on the, in the messages on, the, on Facebook. Yeah, of course. We'll, uh, we'll get all those links from you in our Facebook messages so that we can share them with everybody when this episode goes out. Uh, this has been great talking to y'all. I really enjoyed it. And I think I'm going to let Stratty take it out here. It was a wonderful. Uh, we are really, really privileged. Yeah. Hello. I think uh, we think lost uh, your arm for a while there. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't quite hear him. Uh, um, uh, uh, Porter and, 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 and James Davis, there is something I want you guys to know, uh, and I didn't want to let you go before I say it. Uh, uh, it is in my local language. It's called uh, it's it's those simply means or literally means we, we are very privileged for having been hosted by you guys. It is my local language. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you guys. That's awesome. Stray, you want to take us out? Thank you. Stray? Stratty's gone as well. I think we might have lost Stratty. All right. In that case, thank you for listening to the Insurrectioning podcast. Excuse the small technical difficulties. It's been a great time. Thank you to Wundaz Gilbert and Maswiki Yoram for talking to us. And we'll put all their links in the show notes, like we said, so you can find them and help out the cause of liberty in Uganda. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.